welcome to ESC Pulse, the podcast that beats into the heart of Eurovision. My name's Kylie, hello, hi, and oh god, do I have all the regrets putting this in the poll. <laughs> oh no. Uh, and as always, joining me... I'm John, hi. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, um, hello and welcome to our review of the 2009 Eurovision Song Contest, which was in a certain capital city of a certain country that none of us like at the moment. So, yeah, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. So, um, yeah, the... Just a heads up, there are going to be some points where some rather uncomfortable political discussions will be unavoidable, but we will try to keep it at a minimum if we can avoid it, because if we just let the whole podcast become one big Russia bashing session, rather, um, it would just... A, it would just be really tedious really quickly for all the listeners. And B, most of the songs have absolutely nothing to do with it. And uh, that's the whole point of this review. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, well, it is a classic bunch of songs, which I've been looking forward to diving into. But, um, yeah, I, I have nothing to say about the hosting itself. Um, I'm not really, <laughs> not really in the mood to give the state broadcaster any publicity or plaudits um yeah not not entirely comfortable but um yeah let's go yeah um before we dip in a little sorry before we dive in a little bit deeper uh let's first introduce our guest for this uh review so um we thought it was about time we got him on considering that his husband is pretty much an unofficial (laughs) member of this podcast so hello and welcome to rob ari tertiet everybody Hello, thank you very much, Kylie and John. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to to cracking on. But yes, my husband, Kieran, is well known to you all um, as not only a member of this podcast, but also the ESC showcase that he hosts. I had to plug that, sorry. Shameful shame, shameful plug or shameless plug, whatever the expression is. Um, but yeah, no, thank <laughs> Sorry? Sorry? No, I was just saying clang. Get, why not get the plug in? I don't blame you. <laughs> He'll tell me off otherwise if I didn't do that. So I thought I'd better. <laughs> but no, thank you, thank you very much, guys. He's he's relegated upstairs at the minute, so I shall I shall um I shall crack on. Ah uh, yes, okay. So um, as we well, John Rubber mentioned it rather um, the actual quality of the songs is actually pretty good this year. So I'm looking forward to discussing these songs. Although, as I mentioned, there are some rather uncomfortable bits, and we're going to get the bulk of the uncomfortable bits out of the way right now. Um, because um, uh, Russia's hosting of this year's Eurovision did have an effect in two major ways, and I'm going to discuss them now. The first one, mm-hmm. obviously, Georgia kind of had to withdraw this year because um bear in mind that this was 
one year after Russia invaded Georgia. And so naturally they um, attempted to send a song called We Don't Want to Put In, which was not subtle <laughs> in the slightest. And not the... remotely political. <laughs> And the EBU, quite predictably, were not having any of it and said, either pick a new song or withdraw, and Georgia chose to withdraw. And um, also um, the local Russian um, LGBT community tried to organise a Pride event on the day of the final, and that got shut down by the authorities and it was a huge mess to the point where some of the participating artists actually commented on it. So, um, yeah. It's quite an irony, isn't there, really, with this contest being held actually in Russia in many ways because of their because it is, has got such an LGBTQI following. And yet in one of its major hosts, well, back, back then, one of its major countries with a big population and a major host city, it's kind of, it was kind of the last sort of people that they'd wanted to to welcome into their city. It was, it was just bizarre. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, uh, what I will say about the hosting is that it was very obvious that Russia wanted to make the whole thing as big as possible because they've been trying so hard to win throughout the whole of the 2000s and now they've finally done it and they want to show how big their dicks were figuratively <laughs> by having it in this <laughs> this massive arena which is the olympic indoor arena which is um i believe probably the biggest arena that's ever hosted eurovision although i think parking stadium still beats it in terms of um numbers audience numbers and um that's good and um, especially considering the last few years, um, Eurovision's tr- made an effort to scale down a bit more. Uh, it, it just kind of feels like way too freaking big. Like there's especially one camera angle that I hate so much is the one long shot that is right at the back of the arena and you can barely see anyone on stage they just look like little ants and every time that camera comes on <laughs> i just oh, just get mad <laughs> <laughs> it did yeah it certainly was a huge place wasn't it yeah uh, I will say, and also it's worth pointing out that they probably had some of the worst presenters ever because um the hosts that they got to host the semi-finals they were different from the ones who hosted the final but they were just so painfully unfunny it's just oh, why but on the plus side i of... think oh, go on no no i was gonna say i think yes it was it was also quite cheesy <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah it was yeah um, they were, you know, dressed very smartly, very good-looking people. But yeah, it was certainly was a an uncomfortable. Certain aspects of it were, were quite cheesy, weren't they? So um, yes, very much a kind of um, as you said, look at how look at how impressive we can be. Yeah, 
But one nice thing I will say about the production side of things is that, like, they are legit some of my favorite postcards ever. In fact, like, you know the big whoosh sound that I use in the kind of, like, interstitial bits with our reviews that announce the countries? Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually sampled from those postcards, so, yeah. (laughs) They're great postcards. I was going to say that. Actually, I think they're some of the best there are. I think they're really, really good, and they're really... um. Uh, quirky and different yeah okay so um do we want to talk about um more about what we think about the standard of this year uh or um can we just move on um i can't remember who said it there was somebody on youtube that described you that said that Eurovision 2009 was the bitch and I agree <laughs> with them completely because the standard was so high at least in at least in the final the first semi-final was dire my goodness yeah but, we'll get, uh, on we'll to get that. onto that in a moment but um yeah this the standard of songs it was so so high uh, there were I... some really really good songs Um, uh, also, it's worth pointing out that this was the year that they brought the juries back. It was now a 50-50 uh, split, but only for the final. The semi-finals still had that stupid jury wildcard system, which I'm glad that we don't have anymore, to be honest. Uh... The funny thing with that was that... Um... All the jury saves from 08 and 09 um, failed to qualify in 2010. <laughs> um, so, and so, some of them uh, undeservedly so, I would say, but um, it's like their luck ran out. Yeah. Okay, so um, shall we? Uh, I think we talked enough about um, the year in general, I think. Uh, let's do a quick. Um, visit down memory lane in terms of what music was popular outside of Eurovision that year just to kind of like get us in the 2009 mentality like we always do (laughs) although I'm considering that we've got a lot to talk about this year um we'll try to keep it brief but uh anyway here's my mini mix of five songs that were huge around Europe in 2009 enjoy
that boom, boom, boom. God, that last song is terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I only recognise two of those songs. It's terrible. Oh dear. Oh, oh no. I know. But Broken Strings, love that song. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Many happy memories of me singing to it, playing playing solitaire on the laptop, as you do. Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know what those five songs were, so that was in order. Poker Face by Lady Gaga, Boca- Broken Strings, as you mentioned, by Nelly Furtado and James Morrison, uh, Pitbull and Cagliaccio, I Know You Want Me, uh, Emiliana Torini with Jungle Drum and the Black Eyed Peas with Boom Boom Pow. And um, uh, kind of on that same sentiment that you said, Rob, um, I'm looking at the <laughs> Wikipedia for 2009 hits. and um, So am I. I'm not familiar with an awful lot of these. And a big part <laughs> of that is because because oh. the late 2000s was me at the height of my indie music snob days. And I was exclusively listening to both BBC Six Music and XFM back then. So, yeah, the, there's not many songs I recognize that I could say, oh, that one's actually good. It's, it's quite <laughs> embarrassing, actually. Well, I, I can I'm, relate to I'm, I think. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, John, you go. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm pinning my um, blind spot with um, this theory of music on the fact that um, I went away for university on my Erasmus at, um, in 2009. Ooh. Um, and the Pitbull song really reminds me of that time in my life because that song was in the in the nightclub every single night. <laughs> um, the Jungle Drum song I have never heard before in my life. Oh, okay. that one is actually played on BBC Six Music, and it, but oh. it was a hit in mainland Europe. But us stupid Brits didn't make it a hit. For, I don't know why. <laughs> Oh boo! Um, yeah, I'm. I'm glad you um, played those songs because, yeah, as I say, I don't remember much about what what was big in 2009. I remember it was a big year for Lady Gaga with yeah. um, with Poker Face and Paparazzi. But yeah, um, not much else has remained in my memory i know it was a good year for beyonce she had halo she had um if, yeah. if i were a boy i think um when florence and the, and the machine debuted that year it was yeah. very hard that's a good song because i didn't yes. know either so kira and i last night were, were on youtube going right let's put in 2009 see what comes up and i probably about 10 percent of them i recognized <laughs> and florence <laughs> the machine was one i was like yes i know that one that's a really good song so i shall note that one down if it comes up <laughs> oh yeah, I was listening to her a lot uh, right about that time too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember Cheryl Cool, Fight for This Love. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it, Rufus, Rufus Hound that did the comic relief dance to it? What was it? Yes. <laughs> oh, I Made it his that. own. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I will mention two albums that I was listening around about that time. I know that they're not really like big hit songs, but they they were hits to me. Um, so what I'll well, actually, both of these albums actually technically came out in two thousand eight, but uh, only in Australia. They didn't make the UK until two thousand nine. So um, 
Uh, I was listening a lot to In Ghost Colours by Cut Copy, who I'm actually going to see later this month in Fabric in London, which is quite exciting. Oh, look at you. Yeah. And uh, also um, Walking on a Dream by Empire of the Sun. I was playing a lot also that that, that those two albums basically defined 2009 for me. What was Empire of the Sun's really famous? Oh, goodness me, what was it called? I really liked There's one song of it I loved. Um, of... We Are The People, that's it. That's it, We Are The People. That's a brilliant tune. Oh, okay. News to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other 2009 nostalgia bombs for anyone? Let's see. I made a little list of a few that I remembered. Um, Sex on Fire, that was from 2009, which Ugh. from King, King oh, of Leon. Oh, God. Uh. Uh, my Life Would Suck Without You, uh, that was there. That was then. Um, okay. like the Kelly Fear Clarkson. by Lily Allen, Kelly Clarkson. And I don't know if anyone remembers a band called The Noisettes. Oh, don't yeah. Upset the Rhythm, I really liked that. Yeah, that was good. That was then, too. Go, and that I really like that felt, one, too. Go. Yeah. I felt quite old when I realised that these were all 13 years ago. <laughs> Like, no, I cast the out. <laughs> I know it's terrible. I know. Oh, I shall delete them off my phone, and I shall no longer be there. Reminds <laughs> me how old I am. Uh, how old we all are. <laughs> okay, are we done on the 2009 songs? We're done. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's get on to actually reviewing the songs, but. Not the final just yet. We're going to touch on the non-qualifiers first. Uh, before we do, just want to explain the how the voting goes. So, um, we uh, with the non-qualifiers, we already put in our scores into the Excel file as well as the public scores from our Google Docs form, and. Um, uh, well, we're just going to discuss like our particular highlights and lowlights of each semi-final, and then at the end we'll review, <laughs> reveal rather um, the songs that came at the bottom and top of our rankings for the non-qualifiers. And then when we get to the actual final, we'll actually go through these songs one by one and play clips of them and give them scores and everything. So yeah. So um. Uh, this non-qualifiers um, I don't know how uh, much you're going to agree with me but I think in terms of the non-qualifiers the, there aren't any real major robberies in my opinion and even some of the songs I really like that didn't qualify I can at least understand why they failed to qualify so um, oh Ab yeah. Absolutely. There's no real big egregious robbery. Well, except Latvia. Oh! Um, yeah, that leads me to a kind of another uncomfortable discussion relating to Russia. Oh, no. Um, because um, uh, when it was in the when it won the national final, it was originally in Latvian, but Intars decided to switch to Russian for Eurovision, presumably because he was really popular in Russia at the time. So he just wanted to give the locals a bit of an Easter egg there. But um, hmm. 
from what I understand, the status of the Russian language is a bit of a touchy subject in Latvia, so I can't imagine many Latvian fans were terribly thrilled about the language change. And to be honest, uh, I do kind of enjoy the Russian version, but I think the Latvian version is a bit more catchy for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of half joking with it being robbed. I mean, but I do feel like <laughs> I do feel like I'm one of only maybe two people in the whole world who actually like the song. Oh. Um, so, so our, then our, I didn't really watch. Sorry, Carol. Our semi-final commentators described it as three minutes of their life they'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> was it still Paddy so O'Connell? I didn't watch that semi-final at the time oh, I didn't watch it at the time and watched no. it with Kieran last Sunday and my notes for Latvia was awful, that was all I wrote oh. <laughs> nothing else at all, just awful got zero points yeah I just but want to I'm um... sure it had an audience yeah, I just want to um, run on that because I didn't watch the semi-finals either because I was in New Zealand at the time because I was there for a few months in 2009. So I only watched the final okay. and it was on a 12-hour delay. <laughs> so oh, all gosh, day gosh. I had to stay a mile away from any internet or any TV in case for some reason they spoiled it in the news and then finally I got to watch it but I can miss the semi-finals completely so yeah. yeah I remember watching it at the time and the, fun the funny thing is um, the last retro review we did on this show was 1964 and I had to listen to those songs before, before we recorded some mm. of them t two or three times but the beauty of um, this era is that I don't really have to watch the contest back at all <laughs> um, because I know all the um, performances like the back of my hand. I've watched them so much. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I did. I don't prob I'm probably not going to watch this contest in full anymore um, for various reasons, Ugh. at least for now. But if I want to watch the songs themselves, I can always watch the individual performance videos. Yeah, mm. uh, I actually did watch them just in case that because like you, I pretty much know these performances inside and out. So but I did watch them all again, just in case like there's something I forgot. And I was like, no, nope, these are pretty much how I remember them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some that were quite sad. I really liked Andorra. I think that was really that was really sad. I think that's probably their strongest entry Aww. they've ever done. It was really sad that I didn't get it through. And I loved Ireland, Ireland that year as well. It was really kind of that had my kind of um, teenage rock chick kind of vibe to it, which I really liked. So I was a bit sad that didn't qualify. Aww. But I guess I can see why because there were some really strong entries that year. Yep, two thousand and nine was a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I was I was also really sad about losing those two songs. Ireland, I really liked. Andorra, mm. we never saw them again up to now, twenty twenty two. Yeah, um, Su Suzanne should be treated as something of a national hero because she's trying to get Andorra back into the contest. Yeah, but so far, um, the television company have not listened. Yeah, but um. Oh. 
We'll see. Such Hopefully a shame. soon. I know. I also like North Macedonia. That was quite a nice rock song. too bad it was all right yeah but um there were some ones i really yeah i i think i i'm not i i'm not a fan of the jokey entry so i didn't i wasn't a fan of the czech republic song or the belgian song um in 2009 i found them a little bit silly (laughs) but they have an audience somewhere i'm sure um funny you mentioned that because um the czech republic song is actually one of my big guilty pleasures I mean, I apologize. At least the Czech Republic song was endearingly bad. Yeah. Yes. Whereas Belgium's was just bad. Yeah. Like, I don't even understand what they were attempting with that. Like, Every so often, an internally selected song comes up, and you think, "Who signed off on that?" Yeah. <laughs> what what yeah. possessed them to think that this would be a good idea? <laughs> yeah, who sat it, around that board table? Yes, I'd love to have been in that meeting, but <laughs> yeah, in that, that first semi-final, there were some very low-scoring songs, and yeah, most yes, most yes. of them deservedly so, but. <laughs> Not and not Andorra. No, no, Andorra was good. Yeah, but Andorra was cute. Team Andorra to get back. Yeah, maybe find some sort of um, billionaire that can finance the Eurovision entries. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Uh, I mean, if San Marino can enter, Andorra can enter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We um, were in San Marino last month, actually. And I oh. did think, oh, are we going to bump into Valentina? Because there's no one else in San Marino that anyone's ever heard of. <laughs> Let's see if we bump into her. But no, we didn't. We thought maybe just see her walking down the street. But no, she wasn't there, sadly. Couldn't see her. Aww. Kira would have had a heart attack, I think, had we seen her. <laughs> you could have booked her Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I, I shall do that next time I'm in San Marino. Do it. I didn't know she had an Airbnb. Oh, I should go to San Marino one day. Um, in terms of um, non-qualifiers, I kind of got a soft spot for um, one that actually kind of got screwed over by the jury wildcard rule, but I can totally understand why I didn't qualify with Serbia. Uh, that song is just like so catchy and it's just so bonkers. I can't help but love it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah I... I've, got a, I've got a sneaking appreciation for that one. Um, I was not mad on it at the time, but it's it, grow, it matures well. Yeah. <laughs> And um, another one of the songs that when I first went through all the songs before the contest, because like back then that's what I did, I 
round about April, I'd go through all the songs and then watch it again uh, on the actual show. Um, and one of the songs I really liked when I first went through the songs was Switzerland. it was closest to the kind of music I was listening to a lot around that time it's this kind of New Order-ish kind of song but the problem was that the production could have used a bit of beefing up and on the big stage it just sounded rather lightweight in comparison to some of the other songs and it's just kind of a shame <laughs> i agree there was something missing in it for me i think and it really a bit like you i should have really liked it because it's my kind of thing but he also didn't sing it particularly well i don't think on the night mm. but i wouldn't turn it off but i wouldn't seek it out to listen to but it felt like an album track more than a kind of really punchy kind of song to grab you around the face or grab you around the neck where the expression is so yeah i agree with you completely yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed the production, but the performance maybe wasn't very dynamic. But it had some nice, some nice visual moments with the the, the um, what was going on in the backdrop, and um, parts of the song with all the flags waving. Yeah. Um, I could I, <laughs> I I can see why they didn't qualify, but they scored very low, which I don't think they deserved. No. Oh well. Um. Any of the particular highlights from the non-qualifiers you want to mention? Highlights? Um, I've got to talk about Slovenia. <laughs> I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I, I just think that song's great. And I know I'm I know I'm all alone in the Love Symphony fan club, but hey. I like that song. I just wasn't sure why we waited for half an hour for to get out from behind the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who is singing? Come on, I want to see her face. And then she appears for about ten seconds. And then the song's finished. Yeah. But no, I I think it was quite a nice song too. I really did like it. Yeah. I imagine I imagine that a Eurovision tribute act or or drag act could um make it make a bit of a joke out of that with the singer sort of standing there waiting and then a minute and a half almost missing their cue <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. but then point, it's actually, all it's all worth it because of the big finish and the big note <laughs> mm. i mm. i yeah that's a big guilty pleasure of mine that song and it's the only one of the um semi-finalist that I gave the four or five points. Yeah, I got the scores in front of me, so I know. <laughs> Although there are there are plenty of songs from the semi-finals that didn't make it that I do like. Um, uh, um, before you one... do, before you do, let yeah. me just um, make a quick quip about Slovenia. Um, yeah, uh, I do. I, I do think the song is pretty good as well, but I just want to say, as someone who's recently been learning Italian, the band name Quartissimo is just so funny to me because it's a totally made-up word. It's like they wanted to call oh. themselves Quattro, but added Isimo at the end to, to make it sound even more Italian. Oh, I mean, 
technically it would it would mean very four, which is complete nonsense in Italian. Because <laughs> it rhymes with fortissimo, I, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah, I wanted to mention um, a song that I absolutely adore in studio version, but the singer struggled live, and that is Cypress. I knew you were going to say that one. I totally agree with you, sadly. I absolutely love that song. It's it's love. It's got a lovely melody. It's so delicate, and then it really builds nicely. I don't know. I guess she 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 was very young, and um, I don't know. She she struggled with the live vocal, but um, I didn't if, really if, understand what it was about. Though I was looking at no. it, going, she looked like she was like one of those. If you opened one of those little jewelry boxes with one of those little <laughs> ballerinas going round and round, that's what she reminded me. <laughs> Maybe that was the, what the staging was all about. I don't know. Could have been, could have been, yeah. But yeah, I do like that song. I actually remember giving it points in the SC250 one year. Oh. Um, anything else? Or do we want to mention some not some high highlights? <laughs> let's let let's um get stuck in the low lights, yes. Um I think everyone's going to agree with me when I mention Bulgaria. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Give me, give me a show me, show me Like, Jesus <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ, like, it's not even funny bad, it's just painful to listen like how can you get so many people singing out of tune that badly oh my god <laughs> yes i gave it a zero and i what was what, what was with all the capes <laughs> and the stilts oh, what was with the stilts why were they on stilts oh. and the lady linger the lady singer looked frightening actually she looked really severe <laughs> And there was lots of screeching and wailing and too much wind machine. No, no, it wasn't for me, I'm afraid. It all looked a bit odd. Bring back Polly Genoa. Genova. Yeah. <laughs> well, they brought her in, that woman, to do all the he vocal heavy lifting because it, was, it became <laughs> apparent in the national final that um, the lead singer w w was um, struggling to hit the notes in tune. Um, <laughs> I always I always laugh when I see her because I think she looks a bit she looks a bit like Berta Kier. Um, I, always used, I, I always used to call her Berta Kier in a wig. <laughs> and um, um, I'll tell you who else she looks like. Have you ever seen Power Rangers? Yeah. I think I know who you, I didn't watch it, but I, I was a bit old for that. But I think I know who you mean. <laughs> she looks like Rita Repulsa. <laughs> yeah, so I thought you... <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> I shouldn't be mean. Oh. <laughs> and um, the the stilt dancers, I thought, looked like Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it was just a very odd. I, I'm amazed that you, you want to, when they did do the bit when one stilt dancer is swinging the other around, I'm amazed that that <sighs> one person didn't get their head smashed in. <laughs> God. 
dangerous but yes it was just a very peculiar and the whole thing was a bit kind of a um well i wouldn't say a feast for the eyes it was quite the opposite in fact (laughs) it's the kind of song even my cats left the room (laughs) oh Oh, god i don't think there's a sicker bit than that really (laughs) (laughs) um any other songs you want to give a good bashing to Netherlands. Yes, that was strange. <laughs> like even no, at like even at the time when I was first going through these songs, I was like, "What the hell are you doing? Like, you're better than this. Like, why?" What were they wearing? <laughs> Hideous. <laughs> well, there, there is something slightly endearing about the, the, the melody of the song. And I, I, I really like the backing singers. Um, Gordon, I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> um, and he's he's no longer part of the group, apparently. Um, oh, uh-oh. But the, the others are. Um <laughs> Yeah, they they sell out. They sell out stadiums. Yeah, I know. They're massive in the Netherlands. <laughs> Just a shame that they couldn't get a, find a song to match. <laughs> oh, it was, and I thought the dancing with the lady was that there was a it was a little bit uncomfortable to watch at times as well. <laughs> and it was, mm, what's going to go on here? And uh, yeah, so no, it was a bit kind of interesting song to end on, I think as well. Yeah, that. Ended a semi final. That was in the pimp slot. Oh god. <laughs> well that that was the year when um they had some wild cards in the draw where they could choose their own spot and the Netherlands chose to sing last. Oh no. <laughs> that's interesting. I wonder if that's because there's a there's a phenomenon that the last thing you hear is the most the one you're most likely to want to vote for. Perhaps it's most to that. Maybe that's why they wanted to go last. They thought if we're last, people will vote for us because it'll be anything that they'll remember. Uh, <laughs> goes to show that a good running order doesn't do much to help a shit song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? Not from me. Um, I quite like the Polish entry. But the singer, um, I um, keep remembering her entry from the 2022 national final where she <laughs> delivered where she deliberately threw the performance. <laughs> I believe um, a few years ago, both you and me decided that, that this was the mother song of 2009. <laughs> it was. It very much was. Uh, um, so I've got one more low light uh, out of this group that I want to bring up, and that's Hungary. Dance with me. Make me lose my way. Take a chance with me. Make my body sway. It's an old furlough. Oh, God. All I'll say is that 
you know, it's funny that, you know, the most recent, the, the reason for their most recent withdrawal is because their dictatorship hates us pesky queers <laughs> when they said something so ridiculously <laughs> camp like this. Ha! <laughs> oh, there's far too much thrusting, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> it was the turquoise that did it for me. <laughs> Oh God! And that um, that song finished third in its national final. What? Well, it was it was That's an internal it was an internal national final, but the first choice got disqualified, and then the second choice pulled out. Jesus! <laughs> That's reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Okay, so we're just about done, and we'll reveal the results of the vote well i forgot to mention yeah. montenegro which i really like one of ralph siegel's better songs of of the 21st century era um yeah i really like it okay i appear to be alone in that but hey, it, it's a, it's okay. But that staging was a choice, in my opinion. <laughs> there was some dodgy camera angles going on with that. Oh god. <laughs> um, it wasn't really my thing either. But that's we've all got different tastes. Yep. We certainly do. Okay, so what we'll do is that we'll reveal the bottom three non-qualifiers and the top four because there's a tie for second place, so we have to do it that way. Okay, so um, in third last place with five... Oh, and um, I, I need to clarify that these scores do not count towards the final... Um, score um, for the fi- for the finalists, um, but like spoiler alert, the top non qualifier in our scores wouldn't even come close to winning overall. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite entertaining if it did, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, not okay. a surprise. Okay, so in third last place with five points is the Netherlands. As much as ah. five. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised about that, to be honest. <laughs> five, five out of what? Twenty. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. That's twenty-five percent. <laughs> wow. Okay. Not and bad. Then, okay, and then in second last place with four points is Belgium. <laughs> I'm surprised they finished that high. <laughs> and then you won't be surprised to find out that in dead last place of our non-qualified group is bulgaria with three points (laughs) round of of applause okay so let's end the non-qualifier section with the with a positive note so let's talk about the four top songs according to our scores so in joint second place are three songs with 13 points. Um, okay. The first one is Andorra. Justice for Andorra. Yay! <laughs> the, 
And the second one with 13 points is Switzerland. Yay! I like that. <laughs> and then the third one with 13 points is Slovenia. Hey. See, it was worth it. It was worth coming out behind the curtain in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and our winner of the non-qualifiers with 14 points is Ireland. Oh, quality. I think that was probably my favourite one, actually. 14, oh. is that all? Yeah. I have to say that the public scores in regards to the non-qualifiers were shockingly low. Like, only oh. Ireland and Serbia got three points and the rest were all twos and ones. <gasps> harsh public harsh yeah i was shocked about that to be honest but you'll be pleased i thought i was being harsh with my scores (laughs) i mean (laughs) yeah i thought giving three zeros was pretty harsh but hey (laughs) (laughs) okay uh but you'll be glad to hear that the points um the standard of points for the final is higher so don't worry about that (laughs) i should think so (laughs) okay so we're gonna do the first 12 songs for part one and then in part two we'll do the songs 13 to 25 in the final so we're finally at the final after nearly three quarters of an hour (laughs) thank you for sticking (laughs) around listeners Okay, so finally, first song up. Lithuania. La Lituanie. This is Sasha Son with Love. And loving lovers, love as loving lovers love. I'm just kidding. What, <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I, was like, I must have been watching something else. <laughs> Sorry, it was just the mystery science theater clip that I just had to play. Well, it's uh, basically the same thing. Yeah, th- that's why I made the joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's the clip for Really Reels this time. If you really love that love you say you love with a love, then show that love, what love, then show it that start with this one <laughs> i'm still laughing at the fake love i'm sorry <laughs> oh i knew that joke was worth it but um yeah. yeah um so um yeah um i'll start with this one uh so it's um songs like this being the opening of the grand final you know the grand final that makes me glad that we don't have random running orders anymore <laughs> I know that's a very controversial statement, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was everything that I was going to say about this song. Oh, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I do have a little bit more to say. Um, it's interesting because um, part of this song is in Russian, but it, it actually makes sense because Sasha's song is half Russian, but 
Considering that Lithuania is the most anti-Russian of the Baltic nations, which is saying a lot, I can't imagine many Lithuanian fans were thrilled about that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, just love is loving, love is love. I don't have much to add. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Well, I liked his hat. <laughs> I, did, I did like his hat. I wrote down he's got a cool hat. Um, it was a bit, yeah, no, I think, um, I understand he wrote it himself, so kudos for that, I suppose, but no, it wasn't really my thing either, and it probably wasn't the best song to open with, because it kind of sets the scene, doesn't it, it was a little bit slow and dull, in in many respects, apart from the hat, which was very cool. Okay, so that was quick. That's probably about it for me, yeah. Let's get on to the scores. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give Lithuania a two. What about you, John? It's not a great start. It's a one. <laughs> it's a two from me. And the public also give it a two out of five. Oh great start. Don't it's worry. Being harsh. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets a lot better as we go on, trust me. <laughs> okay, song number two. Israel. L'Israël. This is Noah and Mira Awad with There Must Be Another Way. <laughs> wants to start with this one. Oh, why would that be? <laughs> Do you think this song is very me? Yeah. And I well, know you... that you've mentioned on a previous podcast that you love this song. <laughs> I do, I do, I really do. Um, now, I filed this under um, songs that I much prefer listening to live as opposed to studio. Um, hmm. Mainly because they used a completely different backing track for the live version, which I haven't found yet in a recorded version. Huh. Um, if it's if it's out there, um, please tell me because I think it, it's it's much more it's much better it's much more beautiful um, in the mix that they use for the final. Um, also worth pointing out that two thousand and nine was a very star-studded year. Yeah, and Noah being the first of those, she's very um, important in um, Israeli and world music. Um, I just think this song is really pretty, and um, as as yeah, it's it's kind of sad as well with um, um, what's going on in that part of the world too. And then you know, like the song says, there must be another way. Like a, a, a lot of oppression going on. I won't go into it too much, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, but really, really lovely song. And in the semi-final, I felt bad for Mira because her, um, when she was playing the drums, her microphone kept slipping down. Oh, so no. I felt really, I, I felt really happy for her that in the final, everything was fine and the microphone stand was stable. Um, yeah, one of many 
beautiful songs from 2009. Yeah, I think this is a pretty good song. Um, I did have a bit of a problem that it kind of felt like it was going on quite a little bit. And yeah, um, otherwise I appreciate um, what they were doing because I believe that Noah actually forced the Israeli broadcaster that she would only do it if uh, Mira was there as well, which like I appreciate. Yes. So it's actually kind of ballsy for an Israeli representative to say, uh, you know, I, I want to do make this statement, which, you know, considering what's going on in Israel, I won't go into it, but yeah, it's kind of admirable, I think. Um, what about you, Rob? Well, <laughs> okay, I love the meaning behind this song. I really do. I think it's really profound and, really, and a really important message. I think it's really, really... But I did find it really boring, if I'm really honest. It wasn't... And my notes, I kind of said I just wanted them to start kissing on stage to make it more interesting. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> I wasn't very excited by the performance or the song, but I think the message is really powerful and sometimes that's more important than the song. So, yeah, it wasn't one of my favourites, I'll be honest. Okay. That's the kind of thing a straight man would say. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> well, that, there is the irony there, I think, was just that it was just, well, I was that bored. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh. Do you know what this song finished last in the televote? Yeah, that's really? absolutely said... undeserved. Yeah, I think that's that pretty surprise. harsh, but I can kind of understand considering that it was on second, so it was probably one of those accidental lasts, but yeah, that's still pretty harsh. Oh, I watched the press conference when they pulled out the second spot and they look, both look gutted. Oof. Oh, that, that reminds me of like when uh, in 2011 when Dino Merlin pulled out the second spot and he looked like so annoyed and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, okay, that so. That be broken one day, I'm sure. Hope so. Fingers crossed. Maybe next year. Who knows? <laughs> um, Do that, absolutely. Okay, so. um. Let's give Israel a score. I'm going to give this a three. I'm going to give them a four. I'm giving it a two. And the public, give it a three out of five. Okay. So, next up, we've got song number three. France. La France. This is Patricia Cass with Essi Fallait Le Faire, which means, and it had to be done. Je veux bien tout donner, si seulement tu y crois. Mon cœur veut bien saigner, si seulement tu le vois. Jusqu'à n'être plus rien que l'ombre de tes nuits. Jusqu'à John, you mentioned earlier that there's some real stars in this lineup. Well, um, yes. obviously, Patricia, Ca Patric Patricia Cass, sorry, <laughs> I'm bad with French, sorry. Um, anyway, like, while she's a, obviously a big name in France, like, from what I understand, she's, like, massive in Russia. So, 
for for the French broadcaster to get her this year was actually a pretty big coup and um it it obviously turned out very well in terms of the song because I think this is absolutely stunning it's just very French very Edith Piat and just and like that performance is just like amazing and it's such a shame that they got food in the running order because if they were if they were a bit later they would have gotten a better result and uh, well eighth is still very good considering that France was <laughs> struggling for a lot through a lot of the 2000s it's it's kind of like uh it's just a bit unfortunate there and like if there was a producer led running order she would have been on later and yeah but th this i don't really have much else to add this is just amazing so who wants to follow that up i'll go i'll go for anyone who knows me knows that i love france anyway um you probably figured that one out <laughs> from my <laughs> facebook stuff and whatnot um but this song is just gorgeous and a bit like as you said kylie very french it sort of takes you back to sitting in sitting by the seine in a cafe having a glass of wine yeah. watching the world go by i think when the french do something like this a bit like barbara pravi uh last year they do it that's where they do it right simple very very good well-written song simplistic but effective staging very well sung brilliant yeah, nothing else to add, really. Brilliant. What about you, John? I agree with everything you've both said. Um, she's just so classy, isn't she? Yeah. So, so classy. And um, the the uh, the dance that she does at the end, the little dance, and then taking a bow, that's one of the most delightful things I've ever seen on a Eurovision stage, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. It's just, just delightful. Um, I agree with what you said about... Um, the spot in the running order if, if she'd been on later she might have done better although i would also argue that maybe maybe she would she would have made a good opener to the contest as of course being being a, such a big star that would have been you know a really good way to open the show too um yeah she did well she finished top 10 although um it would have been nice to see her finish higher um i think she was let down by the televote in the end sadly Okay, anything else before we give France a score? Mm -mm. Okay. No, no. Okay, so I'm going to give it a five. Oh, um, four or five. Um, I'll sub it as a five. <laughs> yeah, it's a five from me. And the public, give it a four out of five. We were so close oh, to a perfect shocking. score. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn could, the public! Could, could could be a surprise contender. Yep. Okay, so next up we have song number four. Sweden. La Suède. This is Greta Thunberg's mum. No, I'm joking. Ah. <laughs> I've been waiting for years to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, for reals. Um, this is Malena Ernman with Lavoie, which means the voice. 
I think I better had because there is a lot to unpack here. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in the concert halls, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> so, Melody Festival in 2009 yeah. is probably one of the best national finals I've ever seen. Yeah. And um, there were a lot of really good options there. Um, I can see why this won, and at the time I was one of those people that was swept away by it as well. Um, it's um, although um, pop opera isn't new to Eurovision, it was an endearing, catchy song, a be beautifully sung, and the novelty of, of having it in a song like that in the Rudy Festival and, um, with a really effective staging. It was it was some it was quite something. Um, it hasn't aged all that well, I will say. Um, <laughs> the lyrics aren't great. Um, the French part is kind of French one hundred and one. <laughs> um, Mal Malena is wonderful. She, I, I'll, I'll just say that, and I still have great memories of, of this song and at this time of my life when I went to do my um, period of time in Sweden um, that song was everywhere but it I am firmly of the opinion that it should have been either Sarah Dawn Finer hmm? or Alcazar oh yeah that As was a Belter that way. So that's probably oh. my favourite Alcazar Melfest song, actually. Yeah, I, I I still cry for Stay the Night. Oh, <laughs> that was such a missed opportunity. And I would argue it has the best key change in the history of, well, music, really. Um, yeah. Um, Another thing I'd like to talk about here is um, in 2009 in Melfest, it was the first year that they scrapped um, the requirement to have backing vocals live. Okay. So they predated Eurovision by 12 years on that one. <laughs> and of course, what happened is they um, had, they put through a song that they couldn't really replicate live. And the back, the live backing vocals in in at Eurovision, they they did they did they did their best. They did quite a good job. It was pleasant to listen to. But what they hadn't bargained for was that the sound mix would was that the sound mix would go haywire, particularly in the first semi final. Um, they they're kind of meant to just be like an ambient choir singing, whereas the mics were turned up full blast, and it just sounded completely wrong. And, um, you know, this song people would probably use to um, 
argue for why we would need um, pre-recorded backing vocals. I know it's a it's a tricky hot topic, but um, you know sometimes sometimes there are just recorded sounds that you just can't replicate with six people on the Eurovision stage. What more can I say? Yeah. Um, is that everything you wanted to say? For now. For now, okay. So um, I may think of something else, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I just wanted to touch in that um, I did watch the final of Melody Festival in that year, and it was pretty friggin' stacked. I mean, it's also worth pointing out that it was hosted by the living legend Petra Mede. <laughs> yes, Love her. yes. That's where it all began. Yeah. She was wonderful that year. Yeah. I'm not terribly familiar with the songs that didn't make the quote that make the Melfest final apart from that Mark Julio song that took the piss out of Diva Balana that I every now and again I watch and it just never fails to make me laugh so hard. Yeah, deserved. <laughs> uh, I highly recommend you all look up that performance for those who haven't seen it it's what was it um Sherlock song for day it was called yes Sherlock song from me oh, oh Sherlock song from me sorry i i was close i should bear that in mind <laughs> yeah and um i also want to mention in terms of the final i've got a bit of a soft spot for hope and glory from Morns because that performance is just so hilariously overdone it, I just can't help but laugh and the song's kind of enjoyable as well and I also and he's very easy on the eye <laughs> let's yeah, face true. it <laughs> true true, true. Um, and um, also you probably expected me to say I really like this song but the runner up Snella Snella I really like Snella, as well Snella, Snella. Yes. Wonderful. But anyway, back to this song. Now, I can never make my mind up on whether this is laughably pretentious or it's kind of admirable in just how ambitious it is. Um, and <laughs> while it wasn't my favourite at, at the final of Melfest, I can totally understand why it won. And but I feel like in the, as he kind of touched on earlier, John, it kind of lost something in the staging in Eurovision, yes. not just with the backing vocals. Because um, for one, like the, in the choruses, it was just like full white. Like it was just like, you needed to wear sunglasses, otherwise you'd get snow blindness. <laughs> it was that My white. eyes, my eyes. <laughs> It was like that episode of Friends where Ross has his teeth yeah. bleached. <laughs> <laughs> They're obsessively white. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, that's really my thoughts on it. I can't can't really make my mind up on it, really. So, um, yeah. Uh, um, what do you think, Rob? Well, see, interesting. Yes, I think. I think, oh, I don't know, it's a bit cheesy and I think it's quite weak for a Swedish entry, but then again, it is very different for a Swedish entry. So that's, that's a good, it, 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 they tried something different, but I don't think it worked really. 
And what I will say is when she's she's belting out, she's got a good voice. But when she was singing kind of quite more quietly, she was I felt she was out of tune. Yeah. Um, but I didn't get what the, you know, the, the ladies come back in, put these random masks on. Didn't get what that was about. And um, I also want to know whether her dress, whether the bottom bit, whether the feathers are fake or real. Because if they're real, she will face her daughter's wrath, I tell you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> ostrich feathers i don't think so it was probably some sort of like fake <laughs> fur trimming or something <laughs> i'm sure they were fake i mean could you yes could you imagine yeah but no um yes no not my it, it, it was it was interesting but as you said i think yes it was very white and very bright and very kind of i probably i possibly need to go upstairs and get my sunglasses to watch it again <laughs> if, if, I, if i did do it again so yes no but um it was interesting listening to it again after all this time. Okay, anything else before we give Sweden a score? Not really. I, I love it for all the memories I have. In, in hindsight, they could they probably didn't make the wisest choice. Womp womp. Okay, so I'm going to give this a free, so it splits down the middle because I can't make my mind up on it. So yeah, free for me. And it's a three from me. And a three from me. And the public also give it a three. Hooray! <laughs> Full house. Full house. <laughs> okay, so next up is song number five. Croatia. La Croatie. This is Igor Sukrov and Andrea with Liepa Tenor, which means beautiful tenor. For me, I love a Balkan ballad, right? I love it. So my favourite Balkan ballad is Montenegro 2014. That played at my wedding. That was my first dance. I Aww. love a Balkan ballad. Moist so nice. beautiful, beautiful song. This one, it just doesn't go anywhere. I, yeah. It's, it's pretty and it's nice. It's a bit whaley, but it just doesn't go anywhere. There's something lacking that makes it, that makes a really good Balkan ballad. And it just doesn't quite, doesn't quite do it. And again, the girl in white appeared out of nowhere on the stage as well. That was quite random. But <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. And it's a shame because I absolutely love Balkan ballads. And when you get a good one, you just have that feeling in your in your body that it's this is just such a great, lovely tune. And sadly, this just didn't quite cut the mustard for me. But it it, it was it was listen it was passable and it was enjoyable, but it wasn't it wasn't smack you in your face great. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you, Rob, on this one. It's one of those songs where it's like, when it's playing, you're like, oh, this sounds nice. I quite enjoy this. But as soon as it's over, I've completely forgotten about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes, it just kind of goes, meanders on without reaching any points or anything. But yeah, I don't really have much else to add on that. Um, John, what do you think? It's funny you say meandering because the song's about a river. 
Hmm. The, the Maybe we're tenor. missing something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the River Tenor. Oh, um, okay. For quite a long time, this was Croatia's last appearance in the final. Woof. And, um, yeah, which was a shame. And um, I'm surprised that they haven't gone for a song like this since, really. You know, a, a, a Vulcan ballad about a geographical feature might do really well for them nowadays. You, who knows? Anything else before we give it a score? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was nice and short and sweet. So um, I'm going to give Croatia a three. Um, same, three. Yeah, it's a three for me as well. And the public also give it a three out of five. Double full house. <laughs> Okay, so next up Portugal La Portugal This is Flor de Lis with Todas as Ruas do Amor which means oh shit, where's my notes? Oh, there we go which means all the streets of love Oh boy, um, this song is one of my favourite Eurovision songs ever. No, um, I just have such an emotional connection to it. Um, and you know, I always, I always liked it from the moment it was uh, picked, and I thought it was very similar to Portugal's 1998 song, which is very similar, and I also really liked. Yeah, and. Um, I don't know what it was, but I remember sitting watching the final and this song comes on and the lead singer blows a little kiss to the camera and I just crumpled. <laughs> and uh, this, uh, this song does things to me. It's just so beautiful. So I don't really know what else to say. I think you, I think you guys should go while I think of what else to say. <laughs> Okay, I'll go next. So um, I'm pretty much in agreement with you, John. I think this is a really cute song. I think it just, like, makes it... It just puts a smile on your face. And um, funny enough, you mentioned songs that probably would have made good openers for the final. I think this probably mm. would have been the best choice to open the final, I think. Oh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice, happy song to get everything moving kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to add, really. Um, what about you, Rob? I agree with everything you both said. It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's underrated. It's it's bright. It's colourful. It's fun. It's it's ethnic. It's Portuguese sounding, but it isn't, you know, it isn't trying to be one of the, you know, you sometimes get these very... Um, national sounding songs that can sound a bit too national sounding if you get do you get I, I, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense but this was just beautiful perfect lovely 
I, there's nothing else to say. She looked, and she just was really sweet. Everything about it was a yeah, sweet song. That's probably the best way of saying it. It just had something very cosy and cuddly about it. Oh. Okay. Anything else before we give Portugal a score? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in my um, campaign for floor delis for ESC two fifty now. Oh. <laughs> Vote. I think they open the voting next month, so that's probably good timing. Yes. Okay, so um, let's do the scores. I'm going to give this a four. It's obviously a five for me. <laughs> it's a five for me. Yay. And from the public, it's a three out of five. Boom. <sighs> <sighs> no taste. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, next up is song number seven. Iceland. Iceland. This is Joanna with Is It True? Is it true? would have won and that's a bit of a shame because <laughs> um yeah, it's I... my winner <laughs> oh <laughs> um i'll go to you next but um yeah i've got a bit of a history with this song because i don't know if any of you remember but um i was made to sing this song on glenn bartlett's old radio show um <laughs> Apparently he liked it so much that he made me sing a few other Eurovision songs, um, which is, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's because he, because I can't sing to save my life and he thought it was funny, but he kept telling me, no, you sound great, you sound great, and I'm like, no, I don't believe you, <laughs> but, um, oh, I, I, I remember, I remember the Kylie sessions very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, um, yeah, I don't think I'm straying much from the party line of the Eurovision fandom and saying that I absolutely love the song. It's just a beautifully crafted ballad and it, it just... And Joanna's voice is just so amazing and I don't really, don't really know what else to add without getting all babbly and stuff. But yeah, this is... An absolutely deserved second placer, and yeah, <laughs> in any other year, in any other year, but oh well. Um, what about you, Rob? Well, this is my winner of the year. I absolutely adore this, and oh. it's just, it's just actually, very similar to what you said, really. It's just beautiful. She sings it so well. It's just the power, the, the power, and it's a real earworm. Like it, it sticks in your head. And if I listen to it, I'm always going, "Is it true?" For about the next three hours of the day, it's just <laughs> brilliant, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I would love them to have her to have Johanna back in the songs they kept in, um, and to to sing for Iceland again because you know she's just got a wonderful voice and there's something really genuine about this song as well that's just lovely. So yeah, similar to you, Kylie, I think it's superb. Oh. Um, what about you, John? 
I can't really add very much. I agree with everything you've both said. Vocal powerhouse. Um, beautiful song. And yeah, I didn't dare to believe at the time that it would do as well as it did, but it was such a pleasant surprise. You know, mm. wonderful, wonderful entry. But for me, the dolphin steals the show. <laughs> I love the dolphin. <laughs> I love the dolphin. So beautiful. Oh, such a beautiful moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Anything else on Iceland before we give it a score? Shall we just give it five no. now? Okay. So five. Five. Rob. <laughs> five. 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 <laughs> Thought we lost you for a second, and the public. Give it a four out of five. Oh, what's so, wrong with the public? So close and yet so far. <laughs> um, we, for all we know, we might end up with a bottleneck at the top when we finish it with, with the scores. We've got a we've got a tie already. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there might be at least another song that would add to it, but we'll see what happens. Okay, so next up we go to song number eight. Greece. La Grèce. This is Sakis Ruvas with This Is Our Night. This is our night, right to the top, baby. I obviously wasn't part of the fandom back in 2009. I didn't start like posting in all the forums and stuff like that until 2010. But from what I understand, this entry was hyped up to the moon back then. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it was. Uh, I, it's just so nakedly screams, we want to win. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it, it's so focused on being a big spectacle that it forgot to sound good. <laughs> I, re I remember, um, you know, when You Are The Only One came out in 2016 and a lot of um, the people who were slagging it off were making comparisons to this. And um, it, this isn't a Dream Team song, but it was um, Demetrius Contopolis did have a hand in this song and it, it's obvious. And uh, um, while I do think You Are The Only One is a bit of a guilty pleasure and part of that is that Sergei Lazarev can actually sing, whereas Sarkis has never been a good live singer. Like even like even if you go back to his 2004 performance, his vocals were ropey even back then. And like that, I just don't get the thing with the giant stapler treadmill thingamajig that they got. It's just it's just a big ball of ridiculousness and not the fun kind for me 
Although if other people do find this a bit of a guilty pleasure, I completely understand, but not for me, sadly. <laughs> uh, well, similar. <laughs> <laughs> I think he looks creepy. Mm. I said, oh, but also, God, I don't understand how it was such a favourite to win. It was just, it's just not a, as you, it's a really cheap song. Yeah. And it was like, let's throw everything at the performance and just forget the song and forget the singer. No, it was awful. And it just makes it just find it interesting sometimes how they can put some sort of how these um, rankings come up and, you know, how they you know decide how a song is going to become a favourite or not. Because it just apparently this, you know, this versus the winning song, for example. I mean, you know, you, there's, there's no contest is there with kind of the quality of the song at all. I just think, how was this up there initially as being a favourite to win Eurovision? I have no idea. Um, so, no, I um, absolutely agree with you, Kylie. What about you, John? So I can see where the hype came from. Like, he'd just finished third in 2004 and he just hosted the thing in 2006. And it's like he'd been brought back to win. And the song was somewhat of a fan favourite, you know, work fan favourite. <laughs> Um, this is a very weird one for me because I abhor Shake It. <laughs> I loathe, detest, you know, whatever negative verb you can think of <laughs> that song. This one, I think it's fabulous. <laughs> In fairness, I do prefer this to Shake It with just grosses reality. <laughs> well, that, that's something. <laughs> um yeah um yeah the performance it's very expensive um but yeah i i just think that this is everything that shake it wanted to be but for me isn't it's got it's got power it's got a decent tune um maybe it doesn't have the live vocal to match but it doesn't matter that much to me um yeah, it was expected to do a lot better than it did, but I think um, one country in particular, I'll just come out and say Norway, uh, <laughs> stole stole Sakis's Thunder, and then and then a few other songs came up from behind and him and um, overtook him as well. So yeah, that happened. Okay, so is that everything on Greece? Suppose. Yeah. I like stapler. <laughs> uh, you know, I just thought that maybe he missed a trick. Uh, I, I don't know. I Obviously, I wasn't <laughs> part of press, but like, if anyone who is in press for 2009, can you confirm if he had any Greek flag staplers in the press kit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should have done that. If they didn't do that, they should have done that. That would have been as good as Calliope handing out donuts in 2016. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, let's give this a score. I'm going to give this a two. Four. <laughs> it's a two from me as well. And the public, give it a three out of five. So right down the middle right there. Oh, hang on, I got the case of the giggles. Oh, God. <laughs> Stapler. 
Okay. So, um, song number nine. Oh, God. Calm down, Kylie. Calm down. Song number nine. (laughs) Song number nine. Armenia. L'Armonie. This is Inka and Anush with Jan Jan, which you'll be surprised to find out actually has a uh, translation. It means my dear. So here's the clip. I'd like to start on this one. Okay. Um, mainly because this um, song is part of my Twitter handle. <laughs> oh. Um, um, also, um, fact fans, this is one of Monselmolov's favourite Eurovision songs. Yeah. If, if anyone remember him saying that yeah. out loud in twenty. Kieran told me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's he's he obviously Mons obviously follows Eurovision because no no one would ever. Who, well, no one who ever had not watched Eurovision would ever say this song. They'd say <laughs> Waterloo or Euphoria, wouldn't they? Um, <laughs> yes, I have to say I wasn't a big fan of the song at the time, but over the years, this has grown on me a lot. And this particular song is going to be my first um, staging mysteries section of this podcast. In that, this song had a dance routine, right? Yeah. And they put out a a tutorial video to teach everyone how to do the dance routine, right? And then they didn't do the dance routine on the contest performance. Oh. (laughs) You're kidding. I didn't know that. That's... that's... (laughs) I, by the way, have learned that routine and can show you one day. <laughs> at, at I'll hold you to that, club. John. Yes. yes. I know... In Liverpool next year. Yes. I know that um, our mutual friend, another Eurovision fan, I can't say his real name because he hates it, hates, his, hates it when we mention it, but um, like every time we're in Euro Club, he tries to teach us the dance and because I'm stupid, I always forget how it goes. <laughs> Well, that's well, that's that's who I learnt the routine off. <laughs> and you know, every 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 birthday every year, it's always like, sister, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this um, song, as I say, not a big fan of it at the time, but um, I am a big fan of it now. Yeah, I have pretty much the same sentiments as you, John, because at the time I wasn't that much of a fan of it, uh, partly because, like, that intro um, was kind of like a... When I first heard the song and that intro came on, it was kind of a jump scare for me. (laughs) Especially with with headphones, I mean. (laughs) But, um, yeah, same as you. Like, over the years, I've gone to really, really love this song. And, yeah, nowadays, I just think it's, like, awesome. Like, the whole thing with, like, the look-alike dancers and the lasers and stuff like that is just like so 
cool. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. So um, yeah, this is going to be one of my faves of this year as well. <laughs> um, what about you, Rob? I'm going to be honest. I didn't even remember this song. So, so uh, I had, I know I had to rewatch it and I'll be honest, it wasn't my cup of tea, but I could see where you're going. I like the ethnic vibe to it, but I just found it quite, quite severe. So anyway, I can describe it. Is anyway, I, I can describe it. it. Wasn't really my cup of tea. No, it wasn't on any of my normal Eurovision playlist that I listened to. So clearly when I first heard it, it didn't, didn't grab me. Um, so no, sadly, it wasn't my cup of tea. But I can see the appeal because there was something. The performance was really was good. They had good voices. I think it just wasn't for me more than anything else. Oh, that's okay. I can totally understand that. Uh, so, anything else before we give Armenia a score? I'll take that as a no. No. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm giving this a four. Yeah, I'll give it a four as well. I'll give it a two. And the public, give it a four out of five. I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> I'll take that as absolutely fine. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with having different opinions. that happens a lot of the time on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And um, next up, um, unfortunately, we're going back to a... Um, awkwardness because next up is the host entry um yeah song number 10 russia la russie this is anastasia pridholka with mama which means mother I'll start on this one. I actually like this song. Okay. If, it, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for the fact, no. I mean, if you take Russia away from the whole situation, I like it. I really like it. It's a really much better than their winning song. I don't know what you guys think about their song from the previous year, but I really I hate it. didn't think it was. <laughs> just so? let me, uh, let me just say this. Just wait until that we get to our 2008 review because I've got quite a lot of bile for that song prepared. Okay, cool. Well, I shall look forward to that. Spoiler alert, my <laughs> review will probably consist of only one word. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and it and it's a it's a number that rhymes with Nero. <laughs> <laughs> um, but carry on, Robert. I like this concept of this song. I like the video at the back of her kind of aging and I liked her voice and I I like the kind of it had a kind of um sentiment to it really. Um yeah, I liked it. I, mean, I, I did like it. If you take it, the fact that it was, you know, I think Russia were trying really hard for it to, for it to come back to Russia. I think it was it was a it was definitely not a kind of because often I think the host country often will put a slightly weaker song in <laughs> sometimes because they don't want to host it again the next year. But I think this was a song where Russia was actually thinking, oh, I think we could win again with this. So no, I, I liked it. I liked it. Even that's controversial at the moment. Yeah, I. 
in terms of the actual song, I actually kind of like it as well. Um, it's kind of got this very nostalgic, almost kind mm. of like Soviet kind of feel to it. This that is just feels very old fashioned in a good kind of way. And as you mentioned, the thing with the aging video is kind of cool. Um, from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I believe this song originally appeared in a Ukrainian national final that year. It's true. She auditioned for Ukraine, didn't get in, um, went to Russia and won. Yeah. And actually part wow. of this song is still in Ukrainian, which is pretty <laughs> um, ballsy. But um, the fact that... Um, Russia were perfectly happy to have the Ukrainian reject um, song as their host entry, kind of. Um, I know you said the contrary, um, Rob, but uh, it kind of, to me, it came across as like, now we finally won, we can stop giving a shit. <laughs> Fair enough. I didn't know that, though. That's really interesting. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, um, yeah, the song. I kind of enjoyed the song. I don't really have much else to add about that. So, um, what about you, John? It's just really sad looking back. Yeah. Um, see how how things how things were and how things went uh, just very badly wrong and have you know a, a, having the song being in both. Russian and Ukrainian languages. It's it's just sad, really. And I was looking forward before things went so wrong. I was looking forward to talking about this song um, and uh, how I enjoyed um, Anastasia's delivery. I've always thought that she had one of those very sultry voices that sounded like she was mm. singing with a cigarette in one hand and a, <laughs> a, a, a glass of booze in the other. Um, yeah, she she's. Ukrainian, but I, as, as I understand right, she has roots in, in both countries. Um, yeah, it's, it is very sad. But I also uh, remember this song as um, often coming up um, when I talked about Eurovision with my non-Eurovision watching best friend from my school days. And he just happened to tune in when this song was on. And he thought it was a, a completely miserable, terrible song. Oh. And I, I, for years, I used to tease him with this song. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Ah, okay. Anything else before we give Russia a score? No. 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 Okay. So this is purely to do with the song. I'm going to give this a four. Okay, yeah, it's a three from me. I agree, I think it's a four. I really like this. And the public, surprisingly, give it a four out of five. So I guess they were kind of generous um, when it came to their scoring. So, because I was kind of expecting to look the worst, to be honest. <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. So we've only got a couple of songs um, left in this first half. So uh, it'd be nice to have a bit of a break because I can feel my 
throat getting a bit dry. <laughs> Need a top up of some water. <laughs> anyway, here's song number 11. Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. This is Icel in Arash with Always. You are the 2000s russia was basically spending the entire decade trying really really hard to win and i have this theory that as soon as russia finally got their win the the that kind of mantle of the country that hilariously desperately wants to win to uncomfortable levels was taken up by Azerbaijan afterwards and obviously a couple of years ago they succeeded unfortunately um and obviously and obviously I think um because I kind of kind of got this theory that solo in 2000 kind of gave Russia the idea of hey we can win this let's start trying really hard and I think this was kind of the solo for Azerbaijan because this came third and they was and I think after that they were kind of like oh we can win this let's try really hard (laughs) and um the song is fine um it's a perfectly serviceable kind of like ethno pop song um I do kind of think Arash's performance I do kind of think Arash just looks really awkward the entire time. Like, what is he doing? Bless him. Yeah. And um, it's just it's just fine. Like, if it's on your club, I'll happily dance along to it. But I'm just a bit confused as to why this song was, like, the big scoring ethno-pop song. Because, like, there's... a uh, couple that we'll discuss later that i think were better but i don't know maybe it was that swedish touch i don't know but um yeah it's just fine it like i know quite a lot of fans really like it and like i don't have a problem with that but not not really for me it's just kind of missing something so yeah um who's next um, I can go. Um, this this song has a lot to answer for. <laughs> um, because don't get me wrong, it's it's a, it's a classic um, Eurovision pop track. Um, a lot of people love it. I really like it. But you know, when it finished third, and bear in mind that this was Azerbaijan's only their second um, entry. Yeah. Um, some someone in the delegation must have decided that um, the best way, or no, the only way to success was by going down this route of um, importing their songs and, you know, having no um, domestic input in the songwriting whatsoever. And so it has continued even to this day. 
Uh, um, to varying degrees of success. Um, but in a way, it can be a little frustrating um, that we, we, we don't get to see much of what the domestic music scene has to offer. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's, by, that's kind of by the by. This is, this is a good song. Um, not one of my favourites of the year, but um, really well produced. And, um, yeah, it's a classic. Uh, what about you, Rob? I don't really have anything to add. I think you said it all. I think it was a good, catchy song. But yeah, a bit like you, Kai, there was something missing. I don't think it deserved third place based on some of the other songs we've got that we've had and some of the songs that are coming up. But um, there was nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It just was a bit over, over, overdeveloped, maybe overproduced, a bit slick sometimes. Had, yeah, very much had that Swedish kind of vibe to it. Um, I think that's really it. I think you both said it all. Okay. So shall we go on with the scores? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I apologise. <laughs> again, we're recording during a football game and my app just reminded me that it's nil-nil in the Europa League game against Omonia that Man United has at the moment. <laughs> okay. oh, really, don't worry, my Alexa just ju- just went off to tell me that Bin needed t- needed taking out, so I wasn't sure if you heard that in the background as well. <laughs> yeah, and Bin a few, alert. Yeah, in a few more minutes, <laughs> yeah. he'll give me another alert to tell me to take my meds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, schools. Uh, I'm going to give this a free. For risk of being repetitive, it's a three from me. And a three from me. And the public give it a four out of five. So slightly more generous than us losers, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so last song of this first half is song number 12. Bosnia and Herzegovina. La Bosnie-Herzegovine. This is Regina with Bistra Voda, which means clear water. a bit of a fan favorite and and you would think that i'd be gushing my heart out over this one because you know i love my balkan ballads and i have a particular soft spot for bosnia and stuff like that but this song is just okay to me <laughs> i i kind oh. of think it's a bit overrated uh, no it's not bad at all it's it's a perfectly good song but it's just not it's it's just missing something for me and I don't know what it is. Like I, I and I do kind of like appreciate the kind of like Soviet quas crossed with Viva La Vida kind of aesthetic they're going with. But um yeah, it just doesn't go anywhere other than this is pretty good and yeah, I I kind of feel a bit bad because as I say, this is kind of a fan favourite but that's just how I feel. Sorry. Um, who wants to follow that up? 
I can. I mean, I think I kind of agree with you there, actually. Um, I think, again, a bit like, I feel like a broken record now, a bit like the Balkan Ballad from earlier on. I didn't feel this really went anywhere either, if mm. I'm honest. And I found the staging a bit peculiar. There's a bit where they just stand still with the flag blowing in the wind. And they sort of stand there for 10 seconds and just don't move. And that, <laughs> I found that a bit strange, as it didn't seem to be in fit. But no, I think, um, a bit like you said, it's just something lacking with this song. It's perfectly nice. Don't get me wrong. I'd listen to it if it was on the background, you know. But yeah, something about this is, again, as a Balkan ballad, it just doesn't quite cut cut it for me, I think mm. is the best way of putting it. Uh, what about you, John? Um, yeah, I, I agree to a certain extent. Um, it's not my favourite of the genre, but it's it's good. And, you know, this was this was Bosnia's bread and butter in Eurovision. It was the thing that they did mm. so well, um, which makes it all the more sad that they're not part of the contest anymore. I know, um, don't remind me. <laughs> I want them back, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't much have much more to say, but it, um, it was good. And uh, I... I Kind of expected it to go higher in the scoreboard than it did, but top ten is still good. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Anything else before we give the final scores of part one? No. Us. Okay. I'm gonna give this a three. Um, it's the three from me. Well, you know, it's the three from me as well. Oh, and the public. Give it a four out of five. Yeah. So I feel slightly better that you guys are kind of on the same wavelength as me there. So. <laughs> what does it say about us, do you think? <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought this would be your song, but hey, I'm not always right. I guess I'm not so predictable after all. <laughs> okay, so that's it for part one. So obviously part two that will probably i'll try to aim it for release tomorrow the you know the day after this episode comes out but we'll see but um yeah for we'll be starting from moldova to spain which is pretty much the second half of this final and um we've got some real interesting songs to discuss i mm, think it's fair to say the least <laughs> Okay, so until part two, goodbye. Tally bye. Bye. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>